Hey everybody, welcome back once again to a very special edition of This Week in Marvel. It is This Week in Marvel AU, This Week in Marvel Age of Ultron special, and I am uh, Ben Morse, the editor of Marvel.com, and I have with me, once again, the Senior VP Executive Editor here at Marvel, and that is Tom Freeport. Hello. Hey, Tom. Hey. Good to see you. Good to see you. Feels like it's been forever. Oh, it has been a long time. Yeah. These issues are coming out so slowly. (laughs) It, it, it we're back to like an issue every month. I know like a big gap of time in between installments. Two issues a month is too much for me. It's I mean, it's, uh, it's a long uh, it's a long slog. I can't imagine how once once upon a time people would only get one issue a month. How they, <laughs> how they dealt with comics in that fashion, but it's it's, uh, it's old school. You know they yeah. had, they had horses and buggies. They didn't travel very fast. Yeah. So you know you have a comic, it would last you a long time. Yeah. <laughs> The they would whole, read slowly. The whole the whole ride back from the store because the ride back from the store was three days long, and you just read over the course of that. Well, we are on issue number eight, number Age eight. Of Ultron, book eight, which book came out this past week. Eight. Two more issues left. Yes, in the home stretch, and then a whole bunch of epilogues. And things. yes, there are a lot of epilogues. We, uh, are we, we I guess we'll cover those here on this. Yeah, it's right. not in your original contract, so we'll have to renegotiate <laughs> and see if we can secure you. If not. Get set for the Jake Thomas podcast <laughs> for uh, the Age of Ultron. That Outlaws. might be better. <laughs> no, we had him on once. You're forgetting. <laughs> um, yeah, but he he uh, he knew who was who did he name drop? Oh, he knew everybody. It was uh, uh, Shel uh, Silverstein, David Mamet, yep. the works. He's a student of uh, I think he was a student of Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> really brought the. He's done it all. He's brought the kind of, Jake has, and here he is now. <laughs> Working at Marvel. <laughs> um, but yeah, with two issues left, the story has really gone everywhere. Uh, we were in the Age of Ultron. Now I'm not quite sure where we are because we've we've sidestepped after uh, going back in time. So we were in a place where Ultron had take over. We went back in time to where Wolverine killed Hank Pym in the past. Very sad. And now... Sad moment. Yes, sad for everybody. Um, and now we're in this alternate present not future but alternate present where uh hank pym did not survive right and the marvel universe has radically changed as a result this is true and that's what we'll talk about here today all right um, all right the, the exciting world without pym <laughs> this world the age of ages um, <laughs> but i want to get into it i guess this is something i've wondered actually ever since i was was a reader and i'm just working here when you when you do something like this uh you come up with this whole alternate universe. Um, and it's not just a what if, which is one story. This is something more akin to, you know, Age of Apocalypse or uh, Heroes Reborn or one of those stories where, all right, if this didn't happen, this is how everything would be. How do you, pr- you kind of, like, map out what the world's going to be like? Is it a matter of, okay, we only need these characters in the book, so this is where they are? Or do you spend time actually saying, well, this is... This is how everything is. How oh, no, deep this was, you get? this was a this was a big uh, a bigger uh, a bunch of, of conceptualizing than just that. Um, to start with, you know, when Brian started out on the story, he and I spoke about this. He said, "I'm going to get to this point, and we're going to have a world in which Hank was killed in the past." Um, you know, so we need to figure out kind of what that's going to be like. Mm-hmm. And so I turned to. Uh, the team of writers that we have that contribute to our handbooks and our indexes and oh, okay. things of this nature, yeah. and we sort of put it to, to them. 
I don't have their. It's like a list of about nine names. Right. So I don't have them right here off the top of my my uh, head. I know Stuart Vandal was one, and mm-hmm. uh, you know there were a couple other guys. Yeah, you know, we should probably list them. You know, along with the <laughs> with the uh, listing for this podcast. You email it to me. I'll get them in the. Uh, okay, great, the podcast. great. But they, uh, you know, we basically put the question to them. If uh, if Hank Pym was killed in 1967, right. what wouldn't have um, happened? Yeah, what wouldn't have happened? Yeah, uh, and they went off and they generated this document that yes. was just sort of following all the threads all the way down. Uh, you know, uh, uh, every every possibility that they could come up with. Well, mm-hmm. this wouldn't have happened, and this wouldn't have happened, and this and that, and uh, so that uh, I then you know got that and forwarded it to Brian, and from that. He sort of, uh, you know, let his imagination run wild with right. whatever bits of that, uh, you know, appealed to him and what right. characters he wanted to play with and so forth. And there's, you know, there, there there's stuff that he's got backstory on in his right. brain or that he's written just as, like, free writing exercises that explain, sure. here's how uh, Scott Summers ended up as Cable. Yeah. And so forth, most of which may not actually appear in any of the comics. Right. But he's kind of got it all worked out in his own head so that it can inform uh, what's going on. Yeah. And in fact, uh, that document that... I saw that, it circulating online. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he posted that mm-hmm. on uh, Tumblr about a week back. Right. Um, which was, you know, it just kind of shows, you know, sure. all the stuff and all the work these guys did. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that from which we were able to springboard off and build the actual uh, age of no PIM. Right. I mean, that's a fanboy's dream to be able to basically say like alright I'm going to write a Marvel universe where there's one little thing and you can just go off and you know eight branches removed but well they were very again these guys you know because they are the dudes that they they're, are they're very are, good at what they do are so versed um, you know they they followed every track sure. as far down as, as as you could take it not just right. the obvious stuff but even more minor stuff well if right. that and that and that then this then this guy wouldn't have done this or this thing wouldn't right. have decided that and it's a very you know complex right. sort of thing um, you know so so you know what we see in Age of Ultron uh, you know book, book 7 and book 8 you know you kind of see the, the result of Brian making choices based on all of that information mm-hmm. uh, and you know you kind of get a snapshot or a sketch of this world and you see right. a little bit more of it in uh, uh, the Uncanny Avengers 8, ow, mm-hmm. and the Fearless Defenders 4, ow. <laughs> um, so, so uh, you know, you, you begin to get a, a picture of what has gone on and some of the things that have transpired and the, and the backstory that's there. But really, you know, sadly for most of the readers, nobody's really going to have yeah. the whole picture other than Brian. Yeah. Uh, because most of it isn't written down anywhere. It's just yeah. sort of, you know, in his head and probably some scratch notes and... Well, that's but the, but the truly great alternate universe stories, like I'll use Age of Apocalypse as the example again. That's they capture people's imaginations, even the brief time they're around, and sure. that's why we end up doing. You know, we revisit them yep. every yep. two years, and yep. you get you know untold tales of. Right. So who knows? There could be. <laughs> well, there's two yeah. more issues. There's now, two more issues. And there's of this. nothing that says that this isn't going to be the Marvel Universe from now on. Right. <laughs> I like, it, I like the fact that you, can't even, you can't even commit to that. You can't even commit well, to that. I mean, I've seen the August solicits, <laughs> and it doesn't seem like... It doesn't seem like it. Is that all a big trick but on all of us? It could be. It could be. Fans, I'm here to tell you that the conspiracy runs deep here at Marvel Comics, <laughs> because I am already being told to plan stories on the website for apparently things that are not going to happen. <laughs> but We go to great lengths yeah. to keep our story secrets a secret, Ben, yeah. as you know. I don't think keeping me in the dark is any great length, Tom. <laughs> I think that is standard operating procedure, but thank you for saying so. Yeah. 
All right, let's dig in a little bit some of the changes we do see, particularly Tony Stark, Iron Man, who's kind of the centerpiece of this issue. Uh, definitely different from our Tony Stark. Oh, for sure. Wanted to get into how he's different and a little bit of the why. Well, uh, he specifically says in uh, uh, issue eight that uh, during the uh, the Latveria Asgard War, the big magic war mm-hmm. that ended with uh, you know, the Asgardians sort of ceding uh, at least Earth and uh, you know the European states to Morgan Le Fay and and uh, the forces of magic that he was actually physically torn in half. So he's uh, whereas you know our Iron Man is a guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the Tony Stark of this particular iteration of the Marvel Universe. Uh, he's a he's a cyborg man. He's he's half man half machine. There's very little actual flesh and blood left to him. Right. And you kind of get a sense of that even if you just look him in the eye because as opposed to Art Tony, who was fairly her suit, yes. he is he is completely hairless, which yeah. makes him look kind of creepy and emaciated and uh, and so forth. Yeah, we see a little bit more of this in in 9. I don't trust people without facial hair. <laughs> Nor should you. I don't trust myself. I trust everyone else in this room but me. <laughs> <laughs> um so, you know, like most of the other characters here, He's been through some traumatic stuff. Mm-hmm. He had to rebuild himself, even more so than just uh, when it was him in a in a, a cave in uh, uh, whichever nation we've decided sure. it is the, uh, this yeah. uh, this year. Uh, you know, with a, with an injured heart. You know, here he had an injured heart and spine and legs and spleen and yeah. uh, lower intestine and <laughs> right arm. Yeah. And, uh, so, so he's been he's been through a little bit more of the ringer, perhaps than uh, than the Tony that we're more right. familiar with. As a result, he's become a bit more of a control freak, a bit more reactive. Well, I mean, I yes and no. I yeah. mean, if you think back to the Tony of the Civil War days That's and true. the post Civil War when he was running Shield, right? You know, right now there's a situation where pretty much the the European hemisphere mm-hmm. and possibly more, or if we're sort of vague about it uh, in the stories. Is all under the sway of magic and and uh, Morgana Le Fay, uh, and so you know what's left of the United States and uh, you know the the, the sort of American uh, hemisphere mm-hmm. is being protected and bulwarked by Tony and his guys and the heroes that are left that are now the defenders and right. whoever else is out there, the X Foundation and uh, so forth. So uh, you know they've been operating under a constant state of war. For years, right. uh, and that, yeah, and, and a war that's right on their doorstep. Um, you know, it, it's the difference between having been in World War II in America, where we sent plenty of soldiers overseas to fight, and we, we spent a lot of resources. But if you happen to be living in the United States, um, for the most part, you could go about you would go about your business. Um, the same in the, at the same time, if you lived in say the UK. You were being bombed every single night, and that change, you know, over the mm-hmm. course of time, that just changes the way you go about uh, your life. It's a, it's a, it's a different uh, right. uh, uh, set of circumstances, and all of these characters have had to deal with the fact that they are under the constant threat of giant winged dragon <laughs> doom guys coming down to, yeah. to mess with them and with the people that they're supposed to be protecting. That's a great, that's a good way of putting it. I didn't think of the kind of I, I like the analogy. The war being on being on one side of the war or the other. He also seems a lot like a Tony without kind of his counterbalance because mm-hmm. you referred, you know, how he was during Civil War and right after when he was 
did not have a Steve Rogers, uh, did not have a Thor. Right. And here, you know, Steve Rogers is around, but not the Steve Rogers we really know. Um, and Thor is not in the picture. So it does seem like a little bit more like Tony without some of the people he relies on to kind of keep him Well, you can definitely grounded. see that the, the yeah what you think of as the core of the Avengers, the big three Avengers, have right. definitely sort of split up. Right. Thor is gone. Uh, you know, and and Cap and Tony seem at, at arm's length at the the very least. And even the other Illuminati members. I mean, yeah. Reed Richards isn't in the picture. Yeah. Uh, Professor X actually seems like the closest thing to a counterbalance Tony has. Right. Uh, but yeah, not, but, but more of a yeah, get more of a more of a of a lieutenant or yeah, a consigliere exactly. than a yeah. than a, a, a peer. Yeah, it's interesting. I do have to ask because you brought it up there. Um, this is, this is a question that we were we were asked on Twitter earlier this week, and it's been nagging at me because I gave, right. gave the answer that I know. Let me let me see if I can. You are one of the few people who would be qualified to answer this because when you were editing Avengers, when Kurt Busiek was writing it, right, it was Morgan Le Fay. Mm-hmm. Every time Brian writes her, she's Morgana Le Fay. Mm-hmm. The same character, correct? Yes. Does Brian just like calling her Morgana? <laughs> she's the only one who I see do it. Um. <laughs> I suppose so. He's a big fan of vowels. He loves them. He loves those those vowels. Because I didn't know if her name changed at some point, but then she'll show up somewhere else, and she's still Morgan. Well, in the world of Age of Ultron, and and the the sort of skewed timeline that's mm-hmm. happened after uh, uh, Hank was killed, anything you know, I would I would give that. I, have, to, I, have, I would give I have it, Colonel yeah. America. And I have, you know, Scott Summers' yep. Cable. So Morgana Le Fay is not much of a stretch. I would give that to you, except that she was Morgana Le Fay in Dark Avengers as mm-hmm. well. And that and that baffled me, too. Oh, maybe that happened after this. Maybe that oh, this God. Morgana Le Fay traveled back in time. I think the, answer, I think the answer is we, we just... <laughs> Brian, Brian has earned the right to use an extra A if he wants to use an extra A. Um, all right, let's talk about the Defenders real quick. We'll do, the, we'll do the Le Fay conflict yeah. after this where um, Morgan Le Fay and Morgana Le Fay finally meet we'll, uh, we'll, we'll duke it out we'll it's like when we out. had two female masterminds running around for two years <laughs> more than two years <laughs> oh my god <laughs> alright so looking at the Defenders got as you said Colonel America Doctor Strange the Hulk the Thing Star Lord Scott Summers as Cable Wolverine and Captain Marvel so she is Captain Marvel. Captain I didn't, Marvel. I didn't know if that was... All right, so it's Janet Van Dyne as Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, technically, it's Janet Barton as oh. Captain Marvel. Okay. So there's even... Again, I don't, know, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know how much of that made it into the yeah. book. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that it's Janet Barton. Interesting. Captain. All right, so there's a story right there. How are these, how are these characters picked? Um, how did you guys select who's going to be on the Defenders? Uh, again, pretty much Brian... Right. Came up with a list of guys he wanted to use, and, and that was about it. It really wasn't much more in-depth than that. Mm-hmm. The one thing that changed right at the last minute, like literally it was a last-minute uh, switch, mm-hmm. was uh, Colonel America. Like He hmm. was Captain America up until the very last second. Interesting. And it was really after Brandon had drawn the book, and we were looking at the lettering and, and reading through the thing, and it's like, yeah, you know, he's he's got the eye patch, he's got the, the scarred face. It's like, right. he's like he's a little more like Nick Fury, Fury. Colonel America. Okay, he's got a promotion. There, you know, on, yeah. the, on the battlefield from from this uh, magic sure. war, yeah, and now he's Colonel America, and that kind of again it plays into the same sort of thing where, you know, Scott Summers is Cable and sort mm-hmm. of takes on some of the attributes of. Of uh, you know his uh, his son in the normal world, he's got what I imagine is a big uh, robot arm because he's lost his arm and mm-hmm. his face in uh, 
Blade Tell later. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, yeah, in 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 the the Magic Wars. Um, so yeah, like that 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 little name change was very mm-hmm. last minute. But in terms right. of of who and what, Brian just kind of came up with the list of of guys that he was interested in playing with. Sure. It's, um, a, it's a team that makes sense. It's kind of the remnants of... It's, it's a combination of the X-Men, the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, yeah, and the Yeah, it, it, pulls, it pulls from everywhere, and sure. they're all pretty much big characters that everybody knows. Right. Um, so, uh, there you go. So the only characters we have left from... Not even really our reality, but closer to our reality. Um, technically our reality. From our reality, yeah. Wolverine and Sue Storm. Yes. Both have been kind of locked down. Uh, Tony Stark interrogating them, the Defenders interrogating them. They handle the situation very differently. And it's interesting to have Wolverine and Sue as the kind of protagonists here because they are such different characters. And then I realized it when they went back in time, but I more appreciate this issue that it's like, this is, this is a cool pairing to have <laughs> because you could not be further right. apart. Um, and that very much was the reason for yeah, the, I want to for talk the choice. About that. Um, you know, again, this 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 came from us getting to a certain point in the planning process, and Brian kind of realizing, oh, I, I need to change things up. Mm-hmm. You know, that we always sort of knew Wolverine was going to go back and kill uh, Hank Pym, and as we got up to that point, he realized that it was starting to feel to him too much like uh, House of M. Mm. That once you got to this part of the story where we're now back in the, the present and the present has changed, Wolverine is walking around and he's the only one that remembers the way mm. it used to be, it started to feel too much like House of M again. Right. It still sort of made sense and needed to be Wolverine who, who did that, but it became a question of, okay, he shouldn't do it alone. Sure, who living. could he be paired with uh, that would add a new, a new wrinkle or some, some new levels to this? Uh, and make it a different experience, so it wasn't just doing, you know, doing the House of M motions again. Yeah. Uh, and so again, like after some some conversation and looking at who we had on the on the map, uh, you know, Sue made the most sense to us. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, again, made for, makes for some interesting uh, contrasts and yeah. counterbalances and so forth. Well, it's a nice switch because Wolverine's a character who seems to have history with everyone in the Marvel universe. And if you put him with Spider-Man or if you put him with Hulk or even with Captain America, it's like we've we've seen that. But yeah. really Sue Storm is a character who Yeah, not know. a lot of yeah. not a lot of shared screen time. Right. Which is which is cool because yeah. they're both characters that have been around uh, for a good long while and it's tough to find pairings like that of characters who Absolutely. haven't, you know, had some relationship defined by a whole bunch of, of stories before now. So yeah. You know, this kind of gets to build a relationship between these two characters as kind of the only ones left from the uh, the destroyed Marvel universe of, yeah. of Age of Ultron, um, who have now made the world bad in a different way in the, the new Marvel universe uh, post pim post pim Yeah, it's a very interesting pairing. Uh, another thing we see here, obviously, towards the end of the book especially, where it just blows up, is this, as you've been alluding to the whole time, this kind of magic versus tech war. Uh, this is a, this is an element you've, we've seen before in science fiction. Kind of these, these are the inevitable forces that collide, the old world magic and the new right. world technology. Right. Um, how did Brian and you decide this was a direction you wanted to go in to advance the story? Well, again, looking down the, the list of, of possible things... Uh, that would happen when Hank wasn't around. The idea that he wasn't there uh, to uh, to prevent some bits of magic getting a foothold actually stems from little bits and pieces of old history, old mm. continuity. 
Uh, and so hitting on that, that's a very simple paradigm. You know, as you say, magic versus science. Uh, and so the idea that the absence of this one guy and the things that he would do, not just uh, he himself, but he and then Ultron and then the Vision and then all the stuff that came out of that being sure. completely different would lead to uh, you know, a world in which uh, you know, sorcery and mysticism and the supernatural could, could ascend. You know, that seemed like an, a concept that even people who didn't know the minutia of all the continuity that was being used to get there could understand. You put it in front of them, right. and you know, whether you understand it all or not, whether you can track it back to there was this story in this book, and there was this story in this book, and if you, you, know, you take Hank out of those, well, this goes this way, and this right. goes that way, and you end up where you are. Um, so again, it just it's it's a nice, appealing, big, high concept sort of an idea that you can execute in in you know the, the sort of big sweeping landscape, uh, but that does actually grow out of the research that our guys did on uh, what would happen if Hank wasn't there. I also want to talk about quickly um, for the first part of the series we had Brian Hitch on art. Yep, did a fantastic job, and then for a while it was split between Carlos Pacheco and Brian Peterson. This is Brandon's first full issue. Yeah, um, it's, it's last actually, issue was almost all him, but there was a little Pacheco. There stuff. was there was more Pacheco, I think, yeah. than people th- yeah. realize. It was it's not quite fifty fifty, right? But it was sixty forty right. maybe. But this is Brandon. This taking is over this completely. is Brandon all the way through. You know, it was him uh, cover to cover right. and just going to town in a big way yeah. on all this crazy nonsense. Now Brandon's an interesting figure for me because he is not. I mean, Hitch Pacheco, those are guys who have done the big events in the past mm-hmm. and they've had kind of the seminal runs. Brandon Peterson's a guy who's incredibly talented and love his art, but he's he's never really had an extended run on a marquee book for the most I can remember is when he did X-Men way back in the Yeah, I was going to say that probably yeah. the thing most people remember at least and that was, is, and that is was, X-Men. And that was almost a completely different Brandon Peterson. Yeah, uh, yeah very young. art style. Yeah, new, new um, guy. Yeah, so what's it like having someone who's you know certainly used to drawing big epic stuff but a little new to the kind of marquee scene well, working on these yeah i don't think the i don't think the marquee uh, yeah. scene of it all really affects him or affects mm-hmm. the work terribly much um, you know he he uh, he's been back at marvel now sure. for uh, you know about a decade yeah uh, you know give or take uh, you know, doing a lot of different projects. Right. Um, the first time he, he and Brian worked together was on the, the Avengers point one. They, they did mm-hmm. the Vision issue, mm. uh, and that was just you know it, it just fluked out that way over the years. Right. You know that there was always sort of a, an interest between the two guys. You know, and doing something together, but schedules wouldn't wouldn't work out. Brandon would do Ultimate X Men, but he'd come on as soon as Brian came off. Right. And, you know, they're like two ships passing in the night. <laughs> they could never quite coordinate. Uh, so you know, we ended up eventually getting them together on that Avengers point one, and you know they really enjoyed it. Brian in particular really dug uh, what what Brandon did then, hmm. and and was uh, interested in doing more stuff with them, which is how Brandon came to do right. uh, the Avengers issues that closed out yep. uh, Brian's run, and you know it teed us up for Brandon to come in and do this portion. Of uh, Age of Ultron, yeah. uh, I think uh, you know. Moving ahead, it's almost a certainty that you're going to see the two of them yeah. uh, uh, I- interacting again in other books uh, in the future. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, he's, and he's and he's good for this too because obviously we know he does tech well. 
He's also a great designer, so yeah. getting to redo the costumes and the looks for the defenders, he had a really yeah. I cool think he had, I think that. he had a lot of fun with that. Not just even that, but just the whole the sure, whole, the whole scope world. of the world. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, uh, you know, again, it, it, it's good too in that what he does is an alien to what say Pacheco does. Mm-hmm. So you put them both in the same book, and you, you do kind of get a get a, a commonality of sensibility. Not exactly the same thing, and you could tell that the two sort of story tracks or two environments are different. Right. But it's not like you've suddenly, you know, changed the changed the channel to a completely different yes. style and tone in a in a few pages. So uh, that was very advantageous in previous issues. It'll be advantageous again as we move into the the, the climax. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, he did. He did. And he did a, a great job on this issue. Absolutely. This one in particular was kind of his big showpiece, and yeah. you know, he said it, it took him a little while to warm up because he had to kind of find the world. Uh, last issue, and sure. He was still defining the stuff, and this was the place where he got to cut loose a little bit more and have some fun and uh, really feel like uh, he knew what he was uh, what he was drawing. Cool. Now, issue number nine is going to be all Brandon again. No, nine. Number nine, nine is 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 part uh, Brandon and part Carlos. Oh, okay, so Carlos is back again in number nine, yes. and then ten is kind of the big ten has Jan issue. Yeah, yeah, ten has uh, a bunch of stuff. So yes. ten has ten has uh, uh, has Carlos, has Brandon, has Brian Hitch, mm-hmm. uh, has a, a few other folks, Mitch yep. Geis and Alex Maleev mm-hmm. and David Marquez and Joe Casada. And I think that's just about everybody. I might have missed one person somewhere in there. Maybe some surprises. You'll have to buy the issue. Yes. To find out. It's bagged, so you can't flip through it on the stands. You will have to purchase uh, it or just look online 10 seconds one, after it comes out. One of Tom Brevoort's favorite tricks <laughs> bagging comics. You put it in the bag. Loves doing right that. in the bag. The bag always works. <laughs> so, coming up in issue number nine, uh, what are we going to say? I mean, I've seen. The cover in issue number 10, and Ultron's definitely on it. Right. We haven't seen Ultron yet. We're nine issues, or we're eight <laughs> issues in. Are it's we, funny because people, get people pointed that out. Yeah. And, and I swear I had not realized it quite that way. Yeah. Because Ultron, to me, Ultron is a presence all the way sure. through this. And in fact, I look at all the Ultron drones and Ultron things that were in the first five and six issues. Mm-hmm. As all just extensions, extensions of Ultron. Ultron. Like, I, I don't look at those as right. foot soldiers or whatever, but I understand what, what people are saying. Yeah, we uh, whatever the Big Daddy Ultron. Yeah, yet. the prime Ultron is. We haven't actually yeah. seen him yet. Um, so, uh, you know, there's two more issues. Anything could happen. It'd be a <laughs> heck of an event, though, if we got to the end and we never actually saw the villain. I like that. That would be kind of cool. I like the idea of the tagline. We have two more issues. Anything can happen, including the guy whose name is in the title showing up. <laughs> Truly, the Marvel age of unexpected surprises. <laughs> it's like doing a 12-issue Spider-Man series and saying, you never know, Spider-Man could show up by issue number 11. It's true. It's true. All right. So big stuff coming out of issue number nine. We have a few questions from fans. Of course, you can ask questions of Mr. Revoort uh, yep. via this podcast. And the it? good part yeah. about where we are right now, all the boots are right. Yes, all the boots all are right. All the boots are absolutely correct. There's no way for the boots to be wrong. The boots cannot be wrong. Because if, if they are quote-unquote wrong, there is there's no a reason. Wrong. There is no wrong. Yeah. Those boots were lost in the Magic Wars. Yeah. Those boots were made for dying. <laughs> if you do want to ask a question, just use Twitter. Use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvelAU or OW. OW! But yeah, spell it all out, This Week in Marvel AU, and we will get to you. And our first one is from... 
veteran of this podcast, Centurion Joe, uh, who says, Age of Ultron was cool this week. All right. What I like t- that. I like the comments back to back. He says, Age of Ultron was cool this week. What a terrible future. Or, or, or you can say, you know, Age of Ultron was cool this week. <laughs> well, there should be a comma in there now. It's all about the tone. It's how you, how you choose to read it. I'm right. self-defeating, so. I choose to read it. Age of Ultron was cool this <laughs> week. What a terrible future. And then follows up with, at least Thor lives. This was our Thor fan from earlier oh, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. podcast who was very yeah, upset well, that we well, so, te- so technically, this is a great future yeah, for him. It's not or a terrible a great, future. A great world because Thor is alive here. Thor's He's around. not around. Yeah. He and Asgard have gone back to uh, you know wherever it is in the in the, the nine worlds, but somewhere he's off smiting giants yeah. and drinking frothy ale and having a good time. Absolutely, uh, and, you know, alive, not not worried about any of this, not dead. Yeah. So uh, so yes, uh, it is it is a wonderful world that we now live in. Absolutely. All really? hail President Beyonce. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Personal <laughs> joke. All right, another one from Dom Simmons. I think it would be really interesting to read stories from this new Marvel universe. See all the Defenders of Adventures. Well, I, uh, in, in terms of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we mentioned it earlier in the in the the program, but uh, Fearless Defenders for Ow. Uh, has more on the Defenders, as mm-hmm. you would guess based <laughs> on the, the title. title of the comic. Yeah, um, and we see more of these characters and others in the, the Uncanny Avengers Eight. Right. Wow! So yeah, but um, there's interest. Maybe seeing this down the line. Well, so, uh, you know, again, depending on how this all works out, two this more might issues. Be down the you line. might see this in like seventy comic books yep. every month. Ellie Pyle could be editing our flagship book <laughs> within the next couple of weeks. She already is. <laughs> oh, so many ways to take that. All right, from Joe <laughs> Solomon, and this is a question I can't believe we haven't asked. It's pretty, pretty glaring. What happened to Spider-Man in the new timeline? Has not made an appearance. He has not made an appearance. Is he yet. in Fearless Defenders? He is not. He's not. He is not in Fearless Defenders. I, ima- I imagine that. He's not in. Uh, I don't know. We don't know what happened to, to Spider-Man. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. So maybe next issue. Maybe never. Maybe in three months when we're still doing this. <laughs> but no, you didn't miss anything. That's the important thing. All right. There's from, a lot of characters we haven't seen, but sure. admittedly, Spider-Man, Spider-Man is a pretty big, big one. <laughs> is, is a big character yeah. to, uh, to overlook. Yeah. Not that you overlooked him. No. No. You have a plan. <laughs> um, God Fury Avenger wants to know... It's kind of a general question, and that is, where does Age of Ultron fit in the timeline? That's kind of they've been asking from the start. Right. And that's a, still a... It happens you'll find now. Out. Yeah, it happens now. It happens so, right now. At this moment, as you read it, now is yeah. when it's happening in the timeline now. The date is today. <laughs> <laughs> this time o'clock on today, uh, Friday of the week of now. Yeah. Is when it is happening for us. It's happening on Friday. For you, it's happening on Tuesday. Tuesday. But it's happening today. <laughs> now. now. And he did add a little addendum there, saying, "Bring the Sentry back." Okay. Which we're doing. Yes. In Uncanny Avengers. Yes, we are. Wow. In Uncanny Avengers. Instant we, service. We listen when people talk. <laughs> we anticipate what people are going to say. We don't even have to listen. Except for all the Nightcrawler fans that are unhappy that we've killed all the Nightcrawlers. All the Nightcrawlers. All the Nightcrawlers. Yeah, that's that's the question yeah. this this week, is all the Nightcrawlers. <laughs> not not just one Nightcrawler. 
because uh, some other night crawlers perished in the course of the uh, the Extreme X Men Age of Apocalypse yes. extermination. Uh, yeah, extermination. Yeah. Um, so uh, it was a bad day to be a Kurt Wagner fan. It's been a bad apparently. bad couple years to be a Kurt Wagner fan. We always have the it's, '90s animated series. He pops up not, every so often. There. It's not that we don't like Nightcrawler. We just don't like anybody that only has three fingers. Wow. So that's that's yeah. really the that's really the, the the problem that we have. We have to edit that in post. It's very controversial. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another one from Xavier Lewis. Oh, this is right up your alley from what you've been saying today. With three fingers. <laughs> With reports, I don't know where these reports are coming from. With reports that this is incontinuity. Reports are, we, are, are coming in that this is incontinuity. We, I like the idea of Xavier Lewis sitting by a news ticker, getting the new the latest updates. Dateline Marvel. Wants to know, Comic oh, book incontinuity. Yeah. Story is actually happening now. More as this develops. <laughs> so then, wants to know, are we really seeing the end to Luke Cage, Black Panther, etc.? Uh, it certainly looks that way, or looked that way. Yeah. Now that we're in That's this true. world, we don't know where uh, they are new, in this world. This, uh, this new timeline, we haven't seen any of them. Right. So they're not. Spider-Man is not alone. Yeah. In being overlooked. <laughs> you overlooked plenty we of overlooked characters. Plenty of characters. There's a whole universe out there of people that uh, we paid no attention to here. So uh, anything is uh, anything is, is still possible. All right. We'll conclude with the spiritual partner to that question from Drew Model, which is, why lead to an event like Age of Ultron for years and then make it an alternate Earth story? Uh, well, it's not an alternate Earth story. This is the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. in which these events are happening. Right. So, uh, uh, you know, again, this is... This has sort of been a thing that a, a number of fans have had a tough time kind of wrapping their minds around, um, partly because they've seen us do similar but different stories in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all along up to this point, we've been saying the same thing. It's happening now. It's happening in the actual Marvel Universe. It's right. not the universe next door. It's not a parallel world. All of these events are playing out within the Marvel Universe, which now is very, very different. Right. Um, than, than what we knew as the Marvel Universe and is very, very different than the very, very different place <laughs> that we just left. Um, and we have two more issues left. And again, once it's all said and done, people will be able to understand right. how this all fits together, how it impacts, what it, it leaves us moving forward, how it all works. Right. Um, so, you know, why do this? Because this is the story that we're doing. Yeah. Is really the only, the only answer. Yeah. I, th- I think when people think of "quote unquote" alternate Earth stories, the first thing that comes to mind, I mean, for me, is always "What If," mm-hmm. which was you have to remember, "What If" was a series of basically one-shot issues that you had your story and then it had no after effects. Right. But there's other stories like Age of Apocalypse, like House of M, which uh, changed things at some point in the story, but there was long-lasting ramifications. Absolutely. So that's that's the difference. Or, uh, you know, as was just reprinted in that big omnibus, the New Warriors... Forever, Forever Yesterday, Yesterday one of my favorite See, stories I, I give that ever. to you, Ben Morris. I have framed art from Mark Bagley at my oh, home. Oh, look at that. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Forever Yesterday was one of my one of my all-time favorites. That was, a, that was a good story. It was a great story. Available now in a $99 omnibus. I, uh, when we found out there was that a I new... That I bought. <laughs> that I spent money on, yes. I'm probably Actual going... cash money. 
I am probably going to be spending money on this. Despite the fact that I own all the comic books. Oh, yeah, I already have them all. I don't care. (laughs) If we're putting out a New Warriors Omnibus, I'm going to get that New Warriors Omnibus. I tell you, we filled the back of that with with a ton of behind-the-scenes extras, more so than the average Omnibus, because I still have in my files from the days when I edited New Warriors, now 20 years ago, All sorts of stuff that came from Danny Fingeroth and Rob Tokar and the guys who, uh, uh, you know, who started up the book. So, right. you know, uh, that on the bus includes things like Tom DeFalco's plots for the two Thor issues and uh, Fabian's uh, plot outlines and, and such for the first six issues of the first issue and all these character designs, both from Ron Friends and Mark Bagley. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have room for the... Uh, the the logo sketches, but I have the oh, logo man. sketches. <laughs> There's a bunch of of unused Mark Bagley covers for issue one because I guess they they went back and forth on what the first issue cover should be. So it's it's chock a block full well, of I... stuff for the the small but dedicated fan base of the New Warriors, of which we are two, Sandy yes. Ben. Well, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's got plenty of stuff that... Uh, if I wasn't going to buy it before, happy. now that I know all that stuff, <laughs> I can only hope... You that... also could just come to my office and I could show it to you, but... Well, better trying to that sell books better, Yeah, well, they can't, can't, ta- they can't do that, but well, you... But I can't take your computer home with, with me. Your, uh, with your... Uh, uh, Limited uh, level of access? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope that somewhere in there is my uh, letter, my teenage or preteen letter to Marvel Vision when the book got canceled that I wrote, um, lamenting it. Now I have to go look that up. Yep. It's an issue of Marvel Vision. (laughs) Young Van Morse writing, complaining that they canceled New Warriors, uh, and there was a a misprint, not on my end, I've checked it multiple times, (laughs) where I said... This book is consistently in the Wizard Top 100. Why is it being canceled? And when it was printed in Marvel Legends, it said, This book is consistently in the Wizard Top 10. Why is it canceled? <laughs> so, and I think I got a very polite reply that said, States. The same types of reply I, replies I now give <laughs> to people when they ask me if my books are canceled. So, so it's all, it all comes full circle, fans. Somebody out there listening right now. Yep. Could be asking ridiculous questions to somebody uh, in the years to come whoever, about stories that they're doing. Whoever is upset. This is the cycle yeah. of life. Whoever is upset that Red She-Hulk just got canceled in 15 <laughs> years, you will be explaining to someone else why Defenders was canceled. <laughs> so, it's all a big story. Tom, thank you, as always, for joining us. Sure thing. Great time. We'll be back in two weeks. There's no Age of Ultron tomorrow. Uh, but there will be issue nine coming Number out nine. in eight days. Almost done. Yeah, and then we'll be back in uh, two weeks to All discuss right. it. All right, everyone. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>